Okay, every year people ask me what they should get their swimmer for Christmas, and I always tell them the same thing. Get a pair of drag socks made by Aquavolo. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for any swimmer. Honestly, there's no simpler training tool to build power in the water than a pair of drag socks. Go to aquavolo.com and use the code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout and save 10%. The offer's good only through November, so order now. Okay, Pranilla Bloom, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing very well. And yeah. you? I'm good. It's it's early here. It's uh, 6 a.m. in L.A., but uh, I know it's afternoon in Budapest, so I'll, I'll take it when I can get it, you know? <laughs> Thank you. I guess you're happy we didn't agree on 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I'm glad we didn't do that. But um, so listen, how's everything? You look like you're, you're seasoned. Um, is going really well so far with Energy Standard? Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, it's definitely been a, a strange season for me and I guess for many other people. Um, it's been tough because um, like we had the lockdown and everything. I haven't been training and then finally we're back to training again. And um, it's really, really great to be competing again. But um, I do find it a bit like a tough start because I, I start with short course and short course is especially not um, my main thing but I just love competing and racing again and ISL is a great way to have fun. That's interesting place to start I guess in, in terms of the short course itself why are you so good at long course is it, is it just because of, of your frame and the way that you swim that um, you sit up really high in the water and once you break that stroke once you break that cycle it's difficult to get back on the cycle for you or, or why is why is short course difficult um i feel like my stroke is um getting better and better by each stroke i do so i guess in long course it's almost like i accelerate throughout the um, mm. the 50 and then when i do short course i just keep like running into the turn which kind of breaks my stroke yeah and um, I'm already not the best at doing like turn and underwater kicks. So um, that has a huge impact on how my swimming actually and my stroke looks like. When I'm racing in short course, it's re really difficult for me to get on top of the water and being aggressive in the same way that I'm being aggressive in long course. Yeah. I had a swimmer um, that I used to coach. Bruno Fratus is very similar to that. You know, he, he got better as the race went yeah. on and the turn would just screw him up. So short course is not his favorite either, but um, listen, I don't know a whole lot about you. Um, so just tell me, how did, how did you get into swimming? Um, well, I got into swimming because I just had to learn how to swim like many other people. And um, I, I have a, a older brother and um he was swimming a lot and doing um, really good in swimming. And I just, I just wanted to do everything he was doing when I was younger. So I just continued swimming, even though it wasn't my main interest as a young girl, but um, I just wanted to hang out with him and his friends. And so, so that's how I got into swimming. Um, and I did realize from a young age that I, I was very competitive. I remember I was like on the team call, like 
the mermaid, <laughs> whatever. And we had to do like, um, like dolphin jumps. Mm-hmm. And I always just like went for it, you know, like no matter what, like even if I couldn't do it or whatever, I just, and I would ask the coaches if I could please um, go on a better team always. So I was very proactive in, in trying to get better always and, and always like trying new things and challenging myself from a very young age. Oh, nice. Now, I read somewhere that your first kind of Olympic experience was 2008, sitting at home watching that Olympics. You know, how, what kind of influence did that have on you? Um, I just, um, I remember I was watching the Olympics and I, I, I even remember the Danish team, like they announced the Danish team at the Danish championships. And at that moment, I actually didn't realize that much what the Olympics was all about. Um, so when I watched the Olympics, um, after like they, I saw the Danish national team being picked out all the swimmers. And so, and I watched the Olympics and I was just, I was amazed about, it felt like almost like a sports party in, and not in a party like with alcohol. And so, but just like a happy place where everyone was just having fun and like doing what they what they love to do. And I was watching um, one of the Danish girls, she got a bronze medal, Lotte Freys in, um, in that Olympics. And that really inspired me. Like I'm coming from a country of like a million people and she was on the podium. And I remember thinking like, oh, wow. If she can get on the podium, like training here in Denmark and coming from such a small country like then anything can be possible and it piqued my interest I was swimming anyway like doing Danish championships and so but I never thought of really racing or competing on a high level but that really changed my mind about what I wanted to do with my swimming yeah and then from that moment on, who, who was the influence for you? Who was the who was the coach that you that guided you over the next few years? Well, um, I that was two thousand eight, and I was still a club swimmer at that time. Um, and I had uh, I I moved my club in two thousand eight actually to a club where swimming was much more like professional, and they were mm-hmm. training more, and so and um, I came from club where basically I did whatever I wanted to do and I never really wanted to to do the hard work so I would skip all the morning practices and so um and then this coach told me like uh if you ever want to go somewhere with just swimming you have to you have to commit to it and you have to show up and you have to do your work and um so I did and I really accelerated in those two years and then in 2010 I moved uh, to the National Training Center in Copenhagen. And I had a coach from, um, he was from the Netherlands, uh, Paulus Wildeboer. Mm. And um, yeah, when, when I started training there, it was another step of like a, a lot more training and with much better athletes too. And I was very young training with um, athletes who were like five to seven, eight years older than me. So I had good role models. Now I read uh, you did finally make the the 2012 Olympics a couple of years later, but I read that you had one of your better results in the 200 freestyle. Was that something they were training you for from a younger age, 200? <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's actually really funny you say that. Um, 
when I moved to the National Training Center in 2010, we were training a lot. Like we would do 80K each week. And I, it's a lot for a sprinter like me. But <laughs> at that time, my, co <laughs> my coach didn't really believe that I was a sprinter. So he had me doing 200 and 400. And um, at one point, it actually seemed more possible for me to qualify for the Olympics in 2012 in the 400 and 200. And I was, I was going well in those events too. Um, but my, my passion and where I felt my talent was, was in the 50 and the 100. But he just kept telling me like, oh, you're too small to be a sprinter. Um, so that won't work for you. Like the girls are just too tall in those events, too strong. And I did actually end up qualifying in 50 freestyle and 100 freestyle and not in the 200 and 400. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> So, so what was your first Olympic experience like? I felt like a kid in Candyland. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was only 18. I just seen in 2012. Um, and somehow I think I was never really there, like for the swimming, like my dream came true when I qualified. And when I was there for the competition, like my, my swimming wasn't my main priority. Like I, <laughs> it kind of took over the whole Olympic feeling of like so many incredible athletes walking around. And I just, I would rather sit on in the spectator's seat and watch everyone race and like, you know, like absorb it all than me actually racing. I did make um, two finals with the, with our relay team, but personally <laughs> I, I did not swim very great. <laughs> but you, you had that first experience. So in terms of the the girls that you were racing against and and looking at at that point in time like who were the who are the top girls in your events the way you were kind of amazed at how fast they were swimming um well Ranomi Kromoji Jojo ah it's always difficult for me to pronounce her <laughs> last name <laughs> Um, and uh, Sarah was there Sarah Schostrom um, Francesca Halsall um, I remember an American swimmer too. Um, actually, I think she did breaststroke too. Jessica Hardy. She was, mm -hmm. she was quite good in the freestyle too. Yeah. Um, we had another Danish girl too. Uh, Jeanette Otteson mm -hmm. was um, one of the very good swimmers. Um, so there was a lot of girls. Everyone was seemed to be a bit older than me except Sarah. But I think because I did all the junior years with Sarah. So I knew Sarah was very special from like an early age she was just a massive talent um yeah so all those girls um Femke Hemsko too so how I do you go from that to fast. how do you go from that to four years later in 16 now I did hear a story that tell me if this is true or not did you quit or were thinking about quitting swimming right before the Rio Olympics I did quit swimming <laughs> what happened um <laughs> I, um, well, I'm going to try to make it very, very short. Um, I, I, I felt like at one point, like I did reach my dream, I thought in 2012 by going to the Olympics. Um, and then I somehow got back into swimming because I did feel like that there was more to me as a swimmer and that I could do a better job than, than what I did in the Olympics. And, um, after a few years, I think I just realized that 
I wasn't very good at making my own decisions or, or really explaining to people or my coaches, what do I want? Um, how do I want to be coached? How do I want to train? Like I needed somehow to create my own voice and have my own idea of how I wanted things to go because I was spending so much time in the pool. Um, and I, I think at, the reason why like I quit but was because I, I couldn't find the right words and I didn't feel like confident enough uh, like with myself as a person. So um, I quit swimming because it became too overwhelming and I was going forth and back in my mind and I never really found the answers. So my motivation just died and I didn't really understand why I was spending so much time. Mm. And then um, when I quit everything just kind of came into perspective a little bit more. It's like I almost cleared my mind of, of things and I just like saw things with like a fresh pair of new eyes or mm, yeah. how you said it. Um, and um, I knew that if I wanted to give swimming one more shot, it really had to, to be on my, my own terms. And I knew that that possibly couldn't, that could lead, could either lead to results um but i just chose to go with my gut feeling and trust that um that i had to change something to to do um something different in the pool because i saw a quote i think actually that hit me very hard it said something like i think it's einstein or it said something to like um doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results that's just insanity or something yeah yeah and um, I wanted different results and I, I wanted to do, th do things differently. So um, when I came back to the pool, I knew I had this one go at things like either I do it my way or I'm just stepping out of the pool. So I did it my way, knowing that maybe I wouldn't make the Olympic team or maybe I wouldn't have any results, but at least I would finish with like a, a happy person inside of me. <laughs> and um, fortunately for me, it, it really did lead to to good results well that's that leads a lot of questions in my mind but that's very brave of you and it's very um you know mature as well to to know yourself i think is is difficult and um i think a lot of times as swimmers we're told what to do we're told what to think we're told how to feel but inside we're feeling something different and we know just something's not right something's not clicking so first of all um how were the discussions with your coach? Who was the coach at the time that you needed to have these discussions with? Um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, well, it's definitely important to become independent and to know your voice and to know what you want and what you don't want. Um, but it is difficult um, to actually speak your mind. Um, well, I did have a coach um, from Australia called Shannon Rollison. Mm. Um, but he, he actually went back to Australia, um, before the Olympics. So, um, we were left with no coach, which I think also was part of like m the acceleration of me, like stepping out of the sport. Mm. And then, um, our assistant coach at that time, um, which is a Danish coach coach, he took over and, um, he was, he came from never having any swimmers doing any. Uh, big meat. So he was very humble, very um, open-minded. And that kind of made it possible for me to, to tell him what was going on, like inside of me and to 
like he wasn't trying to force me into things or like mm. force me into his vision on, on how I should swim and do my stuff. So he just kind of let me just be me. And I think he knew that there was no other way that he would get me swimming if he was like trying to to get me to do things that I wasn't on board with. So um yeah, that 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 was my that was my ticket to speak my mind and and actually do what I really wanted to do. Nice. Give me a couple of examples of things that were just eating at you, things that you felt like you needed to change and maybe just some freedoms that you needed to have for yourself. Like what what are a couple of examples? Well, I think for once it was um it had a lot to do with like the programs and stuff. Um I I really hate if I'm not being part of the process and if I'm not involved, mm. I, um, I was sick of tired of just going to the training, get a program, do the program, not ask any questions and then just leave. Um, I wanted to be in on the program. Like I wanted to put my ideas down on the paper and then have like a teamwork about like what's good, what's working, what's not working. Um, and I was just, I felt like, well, if I'm going to be the one going to the blocks, jumping in the water, you know, there's not going to be anyone with me there. It's just going to be me, myself and the block and the water. So I need to trust myself more than I trust my coach. And I need to have more confidence in myself than I have in my coach. So for me, it was like, does it make sense if I say that I needed to become my own authority? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. More than, um, because in the end of the day, like the coach is not going to jump with you in the water. The coach is going to be your, your partner, you know, like your teammate. He's going to, he or she is going to help you. But I, th- I do believe that in the end of the day, the swimmers are the ones to make the final choices because those are the ones getting on the blocks like all the coaches can do is like they can help you on the way. And then like, once the show starts, there's nothing more like basically they can do other than just support the athlete. Yeah, absolutely. I read a beautiful quote uh, that, that you put out the other day. It says one day you have to quit your doubts about yourself and make a commitment, a promise to yourself to believe in you. That that's difficult to do, right? Like to, to put your doubts aside. Why, why do you think as, as, athletes we we have a lot of doubts about ourselves i think um it has something to do with um just a mind saying like if i'm doubting myself and i'm not truly believing in what i do then if i don't do well it's it's easier to cope with because Mm -hmm. then i didn't tell myself i was going to do great and then i I didn't because then what Mm -hmm. It feels dangerous for the mind to say, I believe in myself, I'm going to do it because if then you don't do it, then, then what, what are you going to do from then, from now on then? And, um, but the thing is like, once you commit to yourself, you commit to like, you know, like trusting yourself, having confidence. And so usually everything else about times, about um, rankings and where you place medals, whatever it is, just disappears. And you actually become more present and enjoy the moment. You enjoy what you're doing, which is the most important part. Because so many people think that, oh, if I just get this medal, this world record, this personal best time, then I'm going to be fully content and happy. 
but it's a lie because it's something that you can you can t- take away from people you can take the medal you can take away the time you have to be like happy just in general with yourself and 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 confident with yourself like no matter the medal the world record or the time I know and that's, that's, a, that's a, a little bit deep. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful perspective. I love, I love that you shared. I love that you went deep. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so I imagine that going through the rounds in Rio, you go going from the prelim to the semi to the final. This is kind of a philosophy that stuck with you during that 24 hours where it was like, you know, like the, we all dream of being Olympic champion. We all dream of, of, of winning but um, it, it can overcome our thoughts as well. So during that process, that 24 hours, what was your mindset during that time? Well, I'm not going to lie. I was, <laughs> I was pretty messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> there's two sides of the story, honestly, in this part. Um, I, I, I clearly remember my heat swim. I remember like um, I was sick, like basically all week in Rio. <laughs> Um, so I remember sitting in the call room for the heats and watching all the girls and people swam pretty fast already in the morning. And that was making me nervous. I was thinking, my, my God, I have to really have to swim fast if I, if I want to you know, qualify for the semifinal. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I didn't, you know, travel all this way and spend all my energy trying to get here and then to like chicken out just here, <laughs> like minutes before my race. So <laughs> Well, if this is going to be my last race in the Olympics, um, I better make it like a, a good one in terms of like, I wanted to enjoy the start to the end. So no matter what time or the outcome was, I just wanted to really have fun and go out and enjoy the experience, take everything in, like take, just look at the, all the people who came to watch. And so, and um, yeah, that so suddenly I, I qualified to the semifinal as, um, um fastest fastest swimmer and and I just went with the same mentality for the semi-final like I was like hey man it's it's a dream come true if I go to the final like then my job is done here <laughs> and then I I qualified for the final again as the fastest swimmer and then suddenly like reality hit hit me like mm. very hard mm. I was so bad after that because um being in a final is one thing but mm. being in a final on lane four I thought, holy, I, I don't even belong there. Like, what am I doing there in lane four? Like, and um, I remember I woke up the next morning and I just couldn't eat. I felt like I wanted to throw up. Of, I felt so nervous mm-hmm. suddenly. And um, my coach said, okay, let's go to the pool, jump in the water, and then just think about what you do in the water. Just think about how easy it actually is for you. And I jumped in and I was like, my God, this is actually the most easiest part. It's like the swimming part. I've been swimming up and down the pool in, in a million years, I want to say. Um, it's not the difficult part to swim, honestly. The difficult part for me was to manage myself. like, And because I was so bad when I was outside the water, but once I was in the water, I was completely fine. I felt my body was well. I felt my my body was completely ready to perform. So... I just needed to completely trust and like let go and then just enjoy. I trusted that my body could do what to be done. And so I did. And it did what it needed to be done. Wow. That's incredible. That that's, I mean, we, we tell ourselves that, but it's difficult to do it for sure. Even, even up to the moment where, you know, you're in the call room or you're, um, you're walking out, you know, I remember walking out to the final of the Olympics and just 
this feel this overcome this feeling like oh shit this is right now this is it you know yeah. like, <laughs> um so so it's even difficult to manage it up to the point of even standing up on the blocks and and clearing your mind so um what are you proud of yourself that you did well in that final, just in the pool itself? Like in order to win the Olympics, you have to put a, together a great performance. So in terms of the performance itself, what, what are you very proud of? Um, for me, like um, I, I did not have a great start in my 53 final. Um, and I think it was because I, it, I, I was hit again by no and I, um, when I stepped on the block. So um, I felt almost like I was stuck on the block because I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. And I felt it's a bit the same the first 25. I was just like a big mess. I, and then I, at 25, I know it's only like 24 seconds this race, but like a lot of things actually go through your mind in those yeah, 24 seconds. For sure. I just remember thinking at 25, like, okay, Penela, it's time to get moving if you want to get this job done or it, or you just back off now and you'll come out and you will not be happy. So at 25, I just, I switched something in my mind and I just started pushing everything I could because I wanted to leave the pool with a hundred percent. You know, I wanted to leave with the feeling that I did a hundred percent. So if I had only 80% in me, I wanted to get those hundred percent out of the 80. And then it's not up to me who, who places first or second or whatever, like we'll see, but I wanted to leave feeling that I did my, my best and I did, gave it hundred percent. Wow. Well, incredible performance. In I'm moment. sure, I'm sure you, you shocked yourself. You shocked a lot of people, probably not shocked yourself terribly, but, and, but still when you get your hand on the wall and you see your, your Olympic champion, it must be just an incredible feeling, right? Yeah, amazing. I, I was sure there was a mistake, though. <laughs> I remember thinking, no, this, this can't be right. Wow, that's insane. So did, I mean, how did it change your life from there, from that moment, the person you were, to the things that happened beyond that? How did it change your life? Well, mostly it changed my life in terms of like, how do you say, like outside things, like outside circumstances. Like op opportunities like, um yeah opportunities how people were looking at me how suddenly like my words and everything i said um was like more somehow more important um somebody was actually hearing what i had to say um even if it was good or bad like but um, I, it made me realize that i had to be very responsible i i felt such an honor getting this medal and I wanted to use medal for good use like I wanted to inspire other people I wanted to tell my story so hopefully other young swimmers could use it and well not just young swimmers but anyone who is going through like a hard time in their swimming career or any other career because I do believe that we all go through difficult times yeah absolutely absolutely well um what about now? What's what's driving you now? Uh, we're we're now four years past that Olympic title, and and you're still one of the best performers in the world. But like, what are the things that are driving you to this day? Um, I think for me, it's like swimming gives me the opportunity to uh, create my own like universe and world. Like 
it when you think about it, it is quite amazing that um, I'm a swimmer. Everyone I work with, they all work basically to make me better. That's a huge thing for a lot of people. Um, and for me especially. And all those people have, you know, their, their talent, their ideas. They all bring it, bring in something to my world. And in the end of the day, I paint my picture. I use, I choose which colors I want my picture to, to be painted with. And um, that means I'm, I'm like the boss of my life and my swimming. And that's for me interesting. It's like an, kind of like an ongoing journey of getting to know myself as a swimmer and also as a person, because nothing every year is different. My body is different. My mind is different. Um, every race is different. And that excites me. I want to see like, how can I challenge myself when I'm feeling low, when I feel like I'm not motivated? How, how am I going when things are well? Like what are all the, the different like sides of myself as a person and as a swimmer? And, and I'm just having fun, honestly. Like I love like creating my world in, in different ways. I see that. Yeah. I see that you've got a lot of things going on outside of the pool too. Do you feel like you need those things? I see that you've just launched a new lingerie um, line, which is, which is exciting for you. And, and there are many other things that, you know, in terms of business that are going on in your life, that must be something that you feel like uh, is important to you as well. Right? Yeah. I don't feel like I'm just a swimmer. Um, I, I, I worked um, with my manager on, and she is like uh, making a lot of my dreams come true outside the pool, um, which is exciting too, because I, I do believe that it's because of my Olympic gold medal that I got these opportunities too. Um, and it's fun because I have a lot of different sides to, to me, like many other people, like no one is just a swimmer, you know, or, or I don't know, like a office person. Everyone has different sides to their personality, different hobbies, passions, whatever and and this way I get to combine like the, the best of both worlds like I love design aesthetics and and just like being creative so I get to do that outside the pool and then I get to do what I really love which is swimming um and which is like using my body too and and those those things even though they seem very um far apart because they it's very very um different worlds I still learn from each world and people I collaborate with um, and I can bring it and kind of put it all together. And there's so many different ways of communicating with people and, and yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, I just, uh, I just had your boyfriend on the podcast a couple of days ago and it, he's one, he's the fastest man in the world. You're one of the fastest women in the world. Do you, do you give him advice on how to swim a fast 50? <laughs> um sometimes <laughs> no um <laughs> it's 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 honestly it's great um we can really talk to each other about how we we do races and how um from a technical point of view um the strokes and so but um we do the same race but i i would say that we are the opposites of each other um which is also interesting because it just shows how diverse I know he's a he's a man and I'm a, I'm a woman but it it really shows how diverse um swimming can be and I I think 
swimming is one of the only um, sports where you will see such a diverse um, specter of athletes actually doing the same thing in in terms of like body type, in terms of how to to do the race, how how the stroke is and a technical point. And, and that's also why I love the sport. So yes, he is completely opposite of me and it's great that we can learn from each other, but um, it, it is like, uh, we're still somehow a bit far because we are so different in, in the way we do the race and what he's really good at is actually my weaknesses and the opposite. Yeah, I love that. That's nice. Now, listen, tell me, I'm going to ask you a tough question. You know, you, you've got to a point where you are one of the fastest women in the world and you're swimming a certain time, but you're looking for hundreds of seconds. You're looking to get faster. We're always looking to get faster. Um, you're not going to grow taller. You're not going to get much stronger. You're not going to get much fitter. So in terms of the things that you look at in, in terms of improvement on how you can get faster, what are, the, what are the daily things that you're looking at to find those hundreds of seconds? Oh, yeah, that is a tough question. Um, well, um, I think for first, like for a starter, um, no race is ever really perfect. At least I haven't done my perfect race yet. So that for once keeps me going because I know that the, um, my best time in the 53 um, is one of the fastest times in the world. But I set that time where I did a huge mistake in my start and underwater. I went very far, very far. I went until 15 before I popped out of the water. And for me, it's very bad. Not <laughs> either a good starter or a good underwater kick um, person. So I know that there's a huge um, possibility to get faster in just the first part of my race. Um, so I, I think from my point, like getting faster in the last part of the race, it, Yes, I think it's possible, but I do think that there is a bigger opportunity for me to get faster in, in, in the beginning of my race, which means like getting more explosive off the blocks, mm -hmm. getting a better underwater kick, getting better at breaking out and getting on top of my stroke and actually getting more aggressive already in the first part because my stroke tends to build up. But how can I make my last 25 actually the first 25? So it's, it's all these things like, how, how can I do it better? And then in the end of the day, like even times it's just one thing, but nobody is saying that um, to win the Olympics, you need to, to do my time or faster. It's also, that's what I think swimming is exciting. Times is one thing, but to win a race is, you never know what the time has to be swam to win a race. You just have to race. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And one, one last question here in terms of um, performance. You're not the biggest girl in, in the world. You're, you're quite petite. When you're, when you're on top of the water, you look like you're seven foot tall. I mean, you have beautiful, incredible technique. You have your, your legs are, are blazing. I mean, everything is kind of put together really well. But in terms of like <clears throat> standing behind the blocks before you get in the pool like what's some advice you could give to some some young girls who maybe are lacking confidence in themselves in terms of they might not be the biggest girls or or maybe just the way they view themselves what could what, what advice could you give um i would 
say uh, because I, I I felt this many times. I look around in call room and I go, oh my god, these girls are so much taller than me. Like, mm-hmm. how am I gonna beat them? But um, I do believe that when you step on the block, there's always gonna be someone who's taller than you, someone who's smaller than you, someone who's stronger than you, someone who's weaker than you, someone who trained more, someone who trained less. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you go out and you put down a good fight, a good race, do your thing. And then that's all you can do. That's within your control because the tall girl who is strong, who trained more, it's not like necessarily the person who's going to win because you never know what might be going on within their mind. Maybe they're maybe they are not feeling confident, so maybe they won't swim to the best of their ability. So just go down and swim to the best of your ability. I love that. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate your time today. It's um, it's been very uh, informative for me. I'm glad I got to know you more, and I'm I'm a big fan. I, I love watching you swim. I love watching you warm up. I mean, Thank technically, you. you do you do things that I just I think a lot of people should watch how you go about your business, the way you warm up, the way you stretch, the way you, uh, you work on your technique and warm ups, and then the way that you compete. Um, it's very fascinating to me. I love watching you. I think that you're, um, you're very tough mentally. And, and um, I think that's one of the reasons why you're Olympic champion. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Good luck with the season. Okay. Thanks, Penella. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out.